You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies with Mickey and Megan, two best friends adventuring through motherhood, building our careers, and and not losing losing our shit. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. This is Megan. And this is Mickey. You guys, the sun is shining. I was outside sleeveless today. It is like... I don't know. I got a glimpse of paradise today, and I am loving it so much. In summer! (laughs) Yeah, I went out in my backyard. My kids are at school. The sun is shining. I was eating lunch in my backyard, throwing the ball for my dog, and I was like, is this what my life is going to be like? Like, I could really get used to this. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, okay, I thought you were just... Duh, I thought you were just so excited about the sun, but you're like, your kids, too! Yeah, I mean, the sunshine is, like, yeah, half the sun, half, like, I actually get to go out and enjoy it in peace for a little while. Yes, oh my gosh, huge, 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 huge. Yeah. I thought you were glowing today. <laughs> yeah, oh, and that's the sun shining in my window. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh my goodness, yay, I'm so happy. Oh my gosh, you guys, other good news is our live podcast coming up on yes. Friday. So when you're hearing this tomorrow night at 7.45 Pacific Standard Time, and I'm sure that Mickey will be talking more about her freedom in a little <laughs> bit of a candid way yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at this live secret podcast that will never, ever, ever be published. So please make sure you don't miss out on this event. You can get tickets from our Instagram bio and the tickets are by donation. So we hope you, we see you guys there and we're both really excited. A little nervous moms after dark. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. I'm going to start drinking at like five o'clock. So we'll be like real loose for the, but yeah, I'm so nervous because it, it's like a, it feels like a real hang out and like I haven't hung out with anybody in a year like it's gonna be so much fun I know I don't know if I can drink because I got my COVID shot I think last week I was telling you guys I was getting my second shot Mm -hmm. and there's like all this conflicting information about like like in some countries they tell people to wait two weeks to drink some countries are telling people like Russia is telling people to wait 45 days and I'm like well and that's Russia yeah, like, I don't know if I can drink or I don't know. So, I mean, not that it's a big deal. I don't drink that often, but I'm like, I think I'm just going to kick it mom's after dark sober with maybe like a LaCroix, a cup of tea. We'll see how, how crazy we get. <laughs> you I love the wine, I'll bring the tea. There you go. <laughs> love it. That's perfect. <sighs> well, we have a really cool episode for you guys. I think a pretty unique guest who shares some ways um, to launch a product and how to get those products in front of celebrities to help boost your business. So before we bring Sarah on, um, why don't we go ahead and get started with our highs and lows? Sure. Yeah, I'll go first because I'm riding on one of my highs right now. Um, Yesterday, I got an email from one of the directors of the mob which is the mom owned business group that and I'm in the alliance which is a paid networking group and it's just like this amazing network of boss ladies with babies that is just been a huge huge shift in my business finding these other women to relate to and I've just loved being a part of it 
so she sent me a message and, and said, oh, our speaker for tomorrow's meetup, which is like a virtual networking event on Zoom. So the speaker fell through or canceled or something last minute. And she invited me to come be the speaker for today's meetup. Yeah. And I, as you guys know, I mean, I, I do the podcast. We do interviews on other podcasts. I have my courses that I teach. And, you know, I've, I've led like webinars, but I've mm-hmm. never actually had like a legitimate speaking opportunity for someone else's event. So mm-hmm. it actually, I did one time a few months ago and I posted how excited I was about it and it got canceled like oh. at the last minute. So this was, this was a big deal, like way, maybe even like way bigger in my head than, you know, mm-hmm. what most people would think it was, but I was so honored and just like freaking out. And it was, I had 10 minutes of just like floor time, nobody asking questions, just me straight up, like talking at people for 10 minutes straight, which was intimidating. Um, <laughs> but I went in there, I did it. I just kind of led with the fact that I was nervous because that always makes me feel better to just like put it out there. And I was talking about being you and being a vulnerable professional. And so I feel like that was very on brand for me. (laughs) I was nervous at the beginning. Anyway, everybody seemed to really enjoy it. They took away a lot of knowledge from it. And people were like, we couldn't even tell you were nervous. I think it went really good. Um, But yeah, it felt good just to like be up there talking yeah. but also like odd with nobody like oh yeah okay or like asking questions along the way because it was just like is this landing is it not I don't really know like <laughs> Ooh. yeah it seems like it landed and it was so fun and now I want to do it again so yay let me speak at your event it was a blast <laughs> um yeah I'm riding high from that low Let's see. I would say, oh, uh, yeah, I guess I can just tell you guys about this. I got really sick from my second COVID shot. I don't want to freak anybody out because obviously they say it can happen or whatever. But I was like, oh, I'll probably just get like a little sick. Everyone I know who has had it just got like a little tired after, just felt a little run down. But I asked my husband to take the day off work just in case I was going to just be tired. I thought, oh, I'll just lay in bed all day and have a day off and work and it will be great. So that was not the case. I like felt really weird almost immediately. Like I was going to throw up and I thought it was like just kind of nerves or whatever. But then I was super nauseous for the rest of the day, went to bed just feeling like kind of cold. And I woke up in the middle of the night with like 101 degree fever that was not going away. And I am, as you probably gathered from the beginning when I was talking about, I don't know if I should drink because the COVID shot, (laughs) I also like would not take medicine because I didn't know if it was okay. I just like had this nausea, horrible headache and this really high fever, just like normal fever, I guess, not really high fever. And I just wrote it out for two days because I didn't (laughs) want to take medicine. And it was just like awful. I have not had a fever like that in a long time. Um, But on day three, I was like a hundred percent fine and normal. And soon I will be invincible. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I, I felt really bad for you for getting sick. It's such a like scary thing too. Cause yeah, everyone's reacting differently. We um, are looking into getting our shots, I think next week, but I have to pick which one 
which is overwhelming. Like the, I've just started doing so much research. I'm going to be able to like write a paper on the different kinds of COVID mm-hmm. vaccines because I'm just so nervous about it. Um, but yeah. Well, don't get Johnson and Johnson. I don't know nope. if you've heard the news mm-hmm. recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense to Johnson and Johnson, but I got Moderna. Quentin, my husband got Pfizer. So I think either one's fine. What's the thing on TikTok? Pfizer is for like the hot people is like the <laughs> stupid, stupid trend going around on TikTok that's making you feel really insecure about Moderna, okay? <laughs> that's too funny. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'll do my highs and lows real quick. Um, my high is just like life. I don't know. Today I'm just, it must be the sunshine because I am just like riding the life high today. I have, um, my kids have t-ball practice and baseball practice tonight. They're both at school. So it's just like going to be a long day, but, um, I, I can't wait. I don't know, but with the sun shining, I'm like, I feel like I can do anything. This is like one of those mom days that I've been waiting for, like kids sports Mm -hmm. and juggling both of them. And it's going to be so fun. So Hopefully it stays fun and tonight just doesn't turn into a total shit show like Monday, but (laughs) I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Um, Let's see my low. Um, I have a um, doctor's appointment this week scheduled for my son because um, I've mentioned that he was getting like nauseous before school in the mornings and we thought it was like anxiety. Well, it happened through spring break too when there was no school. So now I'm like, okay, I don't think that it's just anxiety. Um, so I called the nurse and everything and I th- they think that he's probably just really like backed up, you know, mm-hmm. like complicated. So I've just been like, they're like, okay, give him all these laxatives and like see how it goes. But they, I started on Saturday. So, like, we did on Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, I can't give him laxatives during the week and then send him to school. That would be so horrible. Right? Yeah. Oh, guys, so traumatizing. Yeah. So, I'm like, I'm not doing that to him. So, we'll see what happens at his appointment. Um, but I have to, like, go get him out of school and take him to a doctor's appointment. So, oh, I'm man. hoping that she figures out what it is. Because now, I'm, of course, I'm, like, getting nervous and like googling why is my kid nauseous don't do that don't, don't do that please that. don't do that <laughs> so, okay we'll yeah. keep us posted on that yeah. but it's good you're taking in just to know you know they'll probably say everything's fine but at least you're taking in yeah yep so uh, that wraps that up kid life yeah <laughs> Well, we will bring our guest on. So Sarah Shaw is a marketing and sales consultant. She has had products in front of celebrities. She has had a purse on a very famous movie that we'll let you listen to when she gets here. Super exciting. Um, She has a lot to share with us today. So we will bring Sarah onto the show right after this quick break. Hey boss lady, we want to support you and your business on our podcast. We are rolling out a new segment where we're inviting boss ladies from our community to come on and share your stuff. Mama Bear Bookkeeper is an as needed bookkeeper exclusively for small businesses, entrepreneurs, and startups. She's also available for individuals and their personal finances. In addition to bookkeeping, she also offers education services, budgeting, debt organization, monthly meetings, and tax prep and referrals. 
mention this podcast and you'll get a free 30-minute consultation. Find her on Facebook under Mama Bear Bookkeeper. If you... I don't have my script, so I'm just winging it. I know, I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Hang on. (laughs) If you'd like us to support your business on our show, send us an email and let's get bought. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm so glad to be here. So we are so excited to talk to you about launching new products today. You have so much to teach us and we can't wait to learn. Awesome. Yes. So before we get into it, let's have you introduce yourself to our audience. Tell them who you are, what you do, what makes you a boss lady. We want to know everything. All right. So I currently am a consultant and I teach mostly women, a few men here and there, don't want to exclude them, um, (laughs) how to market and sell their product. So usually products in fashion, accessories, lifestyle, baby products, uh, widgets, gadgets. To me, a product is a product. It doesn't really matter what it is. And I got here because I worked in film for about 11 years, I guess, doing costumes for movies um, when I got out of college. And then um, got kind of bored and with some friends one day we decided to start this little craft club and we would do it on the weekends and we decided to make holiday gifts and you know Martha Stewart was like pretty much the only magazine back in the late 90s. And so we I found this really cute picture of like an old brown bag style lunch bag, you know. Um, But she had made it out of red felt and had cut the around the top with Uh, pinking shears, which are those zigzag scissors. And I thought, wow, that's so cute. But if you turned it on its side, added handles to it, it'd be a really cute handbag. And so I just sat on the idea for about a year and a boyfriend dared me to get it going one day when I just kind of slipped and mentioned it. And he was an entrepreneur and I didn't really know any entrepreneurs. I only knew people in film and because I worked, you know, like 90 hours a week. <laughs> so um, no time for socializing outside of the film business. And anyway, I decided to make this bag. I took him up on his dare and I kind of did it at night and on the weekends and made a prototype and the, it just took off. I mean, it was just crazy. And I built the brand up over five years um, until 9-11. And then my investors pulled out kind of at the last minute and I couldn't really recover and I ended up closing that at the end of 2002, but we'd been selling in 1200 stores and um, I'd probably been in, I don't know, 200 magazines um, since then. And I really started getting my products to celebrities um, just on a whim because a friend was whining to me one night, a costume designer I'd worked with for many years saying she was being forced to use Donna Karen clothes on an actor and it wasn't right, you know? And so I wasn't listening anymore. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. I'm such a dummy. Why didn't I think of gifting celebrities, but nobody was doing it yet. And I thought, well, if Donna Karen and all these other companies are going to start doing, you know, like product placement, right? Make giving clothes. I should be doing this too. So I started to try to figure it out and, you know, there wasn't much of an internet back then (laughs) and, uh, and there definitely wasn't websites that had celebrity contacts and all that kind of stuff. And it was a lot of 411 and dialing and calling people and asking for help. And anyway, I started doing that and that really propelled my business forward 
because I had a bag that was used in Legally Blonde and it happened to be the publicity shot for the film. So it got a ton of exposure and Nordstrom's picked up my bag and Sony was so excited. They made like little mini movie posters to put inside the bags that Nordstrom sold online. And then I, I did a bag that was used for Julia Roberts in Ocean's Eleven and that got an in-style and got me into Bergdorf Goodman in New York and got me into Sundance catalog. And so things just, you know, were going really well. And then 9-11 hit. And like I said, my investors pulled out in January of 2002 and I just couldn't really recover. Um, I was making everything in the U.S. and bags were really expensive to make here. (laughs) And I just had, I don't know, I just didn't know how to go overseas and it didn't really seem viable for me as a designer. And anyway, I closed that company and after a lot of boohoo moments <laughs> and my crying to my dad and a lot of vodka, um, <laughs> I uh, picked myself up and actually patented uh, um, another product in 2003 that was a closet organizer for handbags. And you know, using everything that I'd learned over the five years of growing my handbag business, I had one product in 12 colors and I sold half a million in two, the first two years. And it, people seemed to think that was amazing. I just was happy. <laughs> and so a lot of people started asking me to consult with their companies. And I just, over the years, I did a little bit of dabbling and consulting here and there. And then life coaching, I guess, became a big thing. And in like 2008, maybe, and some friends brought me out to drinks one night and then they kind of hijacked me and said, Hey, you should really make a business of this consulting thing. And I was like, Oh, that's ridiculous. Like, who's going to want to know and you know, what's in my brain, you know, how am I going to teach that? And they, you know, just like said, Hey, did you see all these life coaches? I mean, they're making gazillions, like teaching people how to figure out what they want to do. These people all know what they want to do. They just don't know how to do it. And so I decided to give it a go and hired one of these coaches to teach me how to do it. And uh, because I didn't know how to do a service business or how to get anything out of my head, you know, onto paper or the website or whatever. So anyway, I've been doing this for about 12 years now. And it's really fun. And I love, I just love hearing about new products and new innovations and figuring out, you know, how the heck to sell these things. And, you know, what's the, you know, what's the special sauce that each one has. And it's just been really fun. I am just like obsessed with your journey because I feel (laughs) like it just naturally unfolded to get you to where you are now. And that the pain point that you found about how I have this great idea, how do I get it in front of other people is just something that's so big with so many of us. And then we just end up never doing the thing. And it's sad. (laughs) It's actually tragic to see that happen because we all have you know, so many things are so special that we're not putting out there because we might not know how. So we absolutely applaud you for what you're doing. That's amazing. And so, so needed. Um, I wanted to quickly just kind of rewind back a little bit to this, getting your products in front of celebrities. I feel like you're talking about this and Mickey and I's eyes are kind of bugging out of our head. And it's just like, so, you know, normal to you that you're like, yeah, I'm legally blonde right. and Ocean's 11. And we're like, what? Yeah. celebrities? <laughs> so this is, I mean, that's an opportunity that I would have dreamed of being possible for a normal business. So let's kind of talk about 
your journey with that and how you actually got your products in the hands of celebrities. And you mentioned some of your examples, which I love if there's any other examples that you want to mention as well, just, just because I feel like this is something that is really, really interesting. Like, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity like through you, <laughs> vicariously through you. That's so funny. A friend of an older friend of our family, a friend of my dad's, every time I talk to him, he's like, how's my celebrity good doing? I'm like, I'm not a celebrity. But, um, he's like, you are in my book. I'm like, Aww. okay. Um, so when I got this idea kind of from this friend, right, sharing her, you know, her, her nightmare, um, and my light bulbs going off, I went back to the office and we were like, how do we do this? You know, the only thing I was in Los Angeles at the time. So I did have an advantage in the moment of knowing that there were agencies that represent all these actors. And it's not like it was a secret, but they were, you know, 10 miles, five miles away, right? Not 3000 miles away <laughs> if you lived in New York. So we, we just started calling, you know, think we started making a list of some celebrities that we thought were kind of hot in the moment. And Dawson's Creek was really big in um, the late nineties. Right. So, mm -hmm. cause I think we probably, this was probably like 1999 maybe that I started gifting celebrities and Liv Tyler was the star. And so I was like, yeah, let's give it to her. I'd never seen the show before, but I knew she, <laughs> I read people magazine. So I knew she was hot. Anyway, I decided to send her one of my leather uh, pinked bags, which was the bag that I, that started my company with the pinking shears. And I sent it off. I called her agent and said, Hey, I have this bag. I'd love to send it to her. And they were like, sure, put it, you know, send it to us. We'll get it to her. Like, okay, that was pretty easy. Put a little note in there and mailed it off and nothing happened. <laughs> then I sent a bag to Marissa Tomei in New York City through her agents. Got back a little thank you note. Nothing, no photos, nothing, right? And then I'm reading In Style magazine, which I always subscribed to in those days because I yes. was the only place you could ever see anybody famous, really, besides people. And boom, there is a photo of Liv Tyler at a movie premiere carrying my bag in the oh magazine. Gosh. And it didn't give my, the name of oh. my company or anything because oh, no. it just was like, oh, Liv Tyler standing, you know, going to whatever movie premiere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, you know. And so <laughs> then I was like, what do I do with this? You know, so then, of course, I have, was like, well, I've got to tell all the magazines and tell my stores. And, you know, and I was maybe selling well, I was selling to a lot of stores actually at this point, probably like six or 700. And so we just, you know, went to the Xerox place downstairs because nobody <laughs> knew how to use Photoshop or anything. And we right. kind of cut, cut the InStyle logo and just like, you know, glued together this thing and then went downstairs and had a really nice copy made. And then we did have, a, we did have a color copier. <laughs> which was really expensive and fancy back then. And it was an HP <laughs> and that thing went 24 seven, like printing. Cause it only printed 50 pages at a time. Mm -hmm. So we, and those were the days when we had to print our own line sheets and there was no digital line sheet emailing cause no buyers were on email. So it didn't matter if you could make a PDF of it. And so, I mean, this was like super hands-on days anyway we you know made these beautiful color copies of her and i just started sending it out you know put it we just literally did a mailer to every store 
um, that we were selling to. And it just really started to snowball. I mean, people were placing orders for all, not just that bag, but all kinds yeah. of bags. And because we'd mailed them this photo, they could frame it and put it next to my bags in their store. Oh, cool. And that was like the first, I mean, I don't even know if anyone had ever done this before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like I got lucky because my friend was complaining to me, right, about this Donna Karen moment. And, and it just, you know, gave me this idea. And so I just kept doing it. You know, mm -hmm. I got my products to probably 70 or 80 different celebrities. And, um, you know, sometimes they'd show up in magazines. Sometimes they didn't. I mean, once somebody once brought, I used to do a lot of sample sales because it was kind of um, a New York thing, but I had go, went to New York and did five trade shows a year. So I always went to the sample sales just to buy stuff for myself. Mm -hmm. And I made friends with the guys there. And I used to send some bags occasionally to New York, like end of season. And then I was like, why aren't I doing this myself in my own studio in LA? I can just be making tons of money here. Don't have to pay, you know, bags are expensive to ship. And so I started doing these sample sales you know, I'd be like Friday, oh, we got to make some money, you know, <laughs> I would just like put out an email to that for the next day in my studio in downtown LA. And there sometimes would be like a hundred people lined up before like an hour before we opened. Wow. And we would just roll brown paper out in the hallway because the building was closed on Saturdays and just like throw all these bags out that we, wow. you know, either sometimes they were seconds you know, sometimes they, or we thought they were seconds. Sometimes they were samples that came back from trade shows or just mm -hmm. weird things I made that nobody would ever buy. <laughs> um, and that happened a lot too. Um, and, and I used to make samples out of all this leftover mm -hmm. fabric. So sometimes, you know, you'd think, well, this is really going to be in black leather, but it's, you know, purple flowers right now. And, but yeah. then you sell it, right? Cause you're never going to use it. And mm -hmm. so, uh, someone brought, um, uh, Kristen Davis was a friend of theirs and she was a big sample sailor with my company and she brought her to one of my uh, sample sales mm -hmm. and I was a huge Sex in the City fan and I was just like what you know and I was like okay oh, <laughs> and you know she and she bought a bunch of bags and then mm -hmm. she left you know and I was like yeah. wow how do I promote this right but I didn't you know I didn't feel like I could because it was a private sale mm -hmm. in a moment so anyway, I'm sitting in, in the dentist office or somewhere reading Us Weekly and boom, there's a photo of her standing there with one of the bags that she'd purchased uh -huh. at my sale. Just a random candid photo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then I could promote that. So there were moments like that where, you know, I could use these celebrity pictures that came and it just really catapulted things. I mean, not, not as much as the Reese Witherspoon photo. Yeah. Um, or Legally Blonde or the photo of Julia Roberts holding the bag in Ocean's Eleven, you know, those were, you know, those moments like doubled my company's growth, you know, from half a million to a million in sales, like in a year. Yeah, you those know, are so. iconic. Just like absolutely <laughs> iconic yeah. moments. <laughs> yeah. And so in these days, it's really actually not very hard to get your products to celebrities because there are websites where you can get celebrity contact information, like contactanycelebrity.com. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, and you can get all their contact information for their gatekeepers. And then you can send a letter and introduce your brand. And on the homepage of my site, I give away a few templates of sample letters if anybody wants to go download those for free. Um, and, it's, and it's not that hard, you know, it's, I think it's just not being too pushy yet presenting your product in the right light, you know, mm -hmm. 
um, if somebody wears pink all the time and you make something pink, maybe you want to offer something pink, you know, or mm-hmm. if they have a baby and you make baby blankets or whatever, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it's related to them just so that they don't think you're, you know, they're just another cog in the wheel. Yeah. Um, so the more related it can be, I think the more successful the gifting is. I am just, yeah. So blown away by your whole process. I mean, getting started, first of all, just doing all of that before the internet is just sounds so overwhelming (laughs) to me, but that is amazing going through the, like just the magazines, taking those pictures. So smart, such a good idea. And I, yeah, I imagine now I'm like, it seems like it would be so easy, but I don't think people would think that it would be easy either. It sounds so intimidating. I think I like a lot of people say to me, well, why would they want my stuff? Mm -hmm. And you know, they, could have Gucci or Prada or whatever, right? Some, some big label. And it's like, but they don't, you know, you know how Us Weekly has that picture with like the five people and how they're all wearing the same thing, like who wore it best. Like Mm -hmm. that must be your worst nightmare to be in that, right? So if you're working with small designers or people who aren't super well-known, but have things that you like, the chances of you showing up at the park with the same diaper bag as somebody else are slim and few and far between, right? Because if, if everyone, you know, the paparazzi in LA is everywhere. I mean, when I, when I, my kids were born there and we would go to the park in Beverly Hills just because it was a really nice park and had a river and all this stuff. And there was always paparazzi, you know, like on the outskirts, you know, and you're like, okay, who's here? You know, oh, look, there's Jessica Alba, you know, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm just like, whatever, you know, at the pumpkin patch, I have a picture of my child and I realized in the background was Amy Adams, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's like, doesn't happen to normal people, yeah. right? I mean, it doesn't even happen to me. I don't even live in LA anymore, but, um, I live in a tiny town in Colorado, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, I think that people are just afraid to do it because they don't think, you know, that the person's going to say yes, but here, here's some like little, a push to, to get you to do it. First of all, it's just an email. So mm-hmm. they can't see you blushing or freaking out or, you know, having a cocktail or whatever you need to do to press send. Right. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then I can't hear your kids screaming in the background or whatever. Right. <laughs> And they don't know you haven't showered in four days, you know, or whatever, right? It's, it's all about what's in the content of the letter and how you present yourself. And I mean, you know, everybody can write a good letter um, talking about their brand. And especially if you download mine there, you can just mm-hmm. copy the template exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's not, it makes it way easier. And then, you know, and then it's really just, you know, a little bit of time going on that site and building your own, you know, little black book of celebrity names and just going for it, you know, and just really learning how to just get out of your comfort zone. I think that's probably one of the biggest steps in growing a company. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the actual, like, starting a product, coming out with a new product, launching a product. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) So from the beginning, where, I mean, where do you get started? How do you know that what you're making is something that people are actually going to want? I'm guessing that's Mm. a good starting place. Yeah, (laughs) that's how I was when I uh, first made my bags. You know, I was uh, I was working for this costume designer, the one who told me about the Donna Karen thing, 
for many years. And she was like, Where, what are you doing? You never want to go and do anything fun. I was like, I'm working on something secret. <laughs> you know, I'll be ready in a week. <laughs> and, you know, and I was, I think I was, I was like drenched with sweat by the time I got out of my car to her front door when I was showing her the prototype. And, <laughs> but I think that, you know, it's figuring out how to make your prototype is the most difficult, can be the most difficult, right? I mean, it just depends what it is. I mean, if it's, you know, something that's hard plastic molded, you know, you might have to make it out of clay because you can't, you know, you're not going to go pay for a mold and do all these expensive things, right? So I think it's just being creative in how you come up with the product. I mean, people have told me they've seen things made out of toilet paper rolls, you know, with <laughs> straws stuck in it and all these, whatever, you know, to make some machinery piece, right? So it's, you know, if it's something that needs to be sewn and you don't sew, you know, you can staple it together or glue it or get some, a seamstress or a, you know, tailor or somebody to sew it for you too. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean, I think when there's a will, there's a way with the prototype. And if you're creative enough to come up with an idea, I think you're probably creative enough to figure out how to make a prototype. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, then comes the hard part of showing it to people. Mm -hmm. And notoriously, you know, most people want to show it to their friends and family because they're, you know, your close circle. But in a way, they're the most dangerous people to show it to because they're going to be the most fearful for you and your impossible endeavor or wasting of money or time, right? Mm -hmm. All they see is kind of the negativity mm -hmm. uh, about it for the most part. I mean, that's just what I found in you know, my own life and everybody I've ever talked to. Oh yeah. My family was just like, thumbs down, <laughs> you know, and don't waste your money, go to law school or whatever. Right. And, and so I think getting out, you know, listening to what they have to say, anybody that you show it to, whether it's good or bad feedback is really important because sometimes the bad feedback is that you feel is bad is actually something that could really help you take it to the next step if you can open your mind and hear what they have to say. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people can, you know, see something that you can't see for yourself because you're too close, you know, to the fact. Mm -hmm. And and that, you know, going outside your family where you're or your friends even, you know, to maybe try to get a focus group or using, you know, if you belong to some Facebook groups these days, right, you could go in and just say, hey, you know, I'd love you to be part of a focus group. I wouldn't just post something in a Facebook group because someone could steal your idea. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, and, I, and I, I always say to people, do not wait three years till it's patented before mm. you go out with something or even get you know, feedback from people because you might decide to change it where it's going to change your patent. You might not actually need a patent. You know, you, if you can think of something that's good enough to patent, somebody else is probably going to think of it too, mm -hmm. or have knocked off something similar enough in that time frame. Uh, like I had a patent on my closet organizer for handbags and I thought it was airtight. <laughs> and then someone came and made a teeny little adjustment to it and patented over my patent and cited my patent as one of their references. Oh, and, okay. but started selling it, you know, bootleg versions of mine, mm -hmm. but way before, and we could never find them because it was a shell company out of China. And, you know, oh, every geez. lawyer was like, we cannot track these people down. And so then we ended up just going to for with cease and desist to every company that was selling it 
So, and there were some really big ones and they weren't doing it on purpose. They didn't know that they were buying an infringed product. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was like here today oop, off the website, you know? And so, you know, so I think that, you know, patents don't always, aren't always the answer. I think a lot of people think well, I'm patented, you know, it's going to be right. great. I'm going to be a zillionaire, you know, <laughs> and whereas a trademark, I think is way more important um, because trademarks are actually even pr- um, protected at U.S. Customs, where a patent is not. Mm. So if somebody, you know, wanted to call their company from overseas, the same thing that you call yours, it, it can you can mm. easily get it stopped at U.S. Customs. So, oh, um, but they will not do that with patents, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, which is a bummer. But um, so, so I think that you know when you're thinking about launching a business, right? Once you have your prototype, it's really kind of trying to get as much feedback as you can. Also going out to stores and really doing like a super deep dive, you know, uh, Sherlock Holmes moment (laughs) on, you know, packaging and is there anything Mm -hmm. else like it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if there's something too similar to your product, there's not going to be enough reason for people to give up something that's already selling well, right? and if there's a reason that you're improving it, because that's often how products are, are made, you know, especially mm-hmm. a lot of moms will, you know, buy something and be like, oh my God, this would be a hundred times better if it just did this and this, you know, and then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, let me just do that. Right. And, you know, not everybody has the manufacturing or product development bug, but if you do and you can, you can actually cre- recreate something to make a whole new category essentially of that you know, so even if it's the same thing, you know, like people are inventing new baby bottles that work better and don't give kids gas or whatever, right? You know, oh, yeah. um, the perfect cha- little rolling changing thing. And, you know, um, you know, it's like when collapsible strollers came out, right? Yeah. Woo, it was mm-hmm. the biggest thing ever, <laughs> you know? And, and so, right, and they weren't inventing the stroller, they were inventing the collapsible mm-hmm. part, right? Yeah. So it improved on something that had been around for, you know, 200 years, right? So, um, so there's just a lot of things to think about, but especially wanting to look in, I mean, and I'm not saying you'd want to sell it to big box, but a lot of times going into big box stores like Bed Bath or Target or, you know, Costco or whatever, Walmart, you can see a huge variety of products and the price point variation, Mm -hmm. what the packaging looks like, how much space they get. Like if your product is too big, you might have to buy shelf space, right? If it's Mm -hmm. small, maybe, you know, you don't have to pay for shelf space. You know, there's all kinds of things to think about, you know, is it, does it need a clear window? Is it need a closed box? Does it need to be a fancy box? Does it need to be a clamshell, all plastic, whatever? Does it just need a Ziploc bag? (laughs) You know, so I think educating yourself on, on all the parts so that you can present it in its best light to whoever's going to be your focus group. Yeah. These are all really, really good tips. And so I feel like for somebody who's just starting out, if you have like a list of things that you can kind of go through and check off, what would be like the one thing that you have to do the like one piece of advice that you could give somebody that they absolutely have to do to get started? make sure that it, you love this thing more than anything else <laughs> besides your husband and your kids or whatever. But, 
I mean, it's gotta be like literally one of those things that just, you know, you just cannot wait to get out of bed in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, because the minute it becomes a drag or you're like, mm-hmm, you know, it, it's just never going to happen. I mean, you need to be able to like jump out of bed every morning and get going on it and figure out, you know, whether you got to strap your baby to your back or whatever's got to happen. Right. I mean, you know, I started my consulting business when my kids were one and I have twins and, you know, and I was still doing my handbag organizer business. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of doing double duty and I'd be like, Ooh, nap time. Okay. Two hours of work, you know, (laughs) and then, Oh, nap time again. Great. Two more hours, you know, here you guys play together. Oh, you don't like to play together. All right, well, let's do it anyway. (laughs) And let me roll the ball. Let me just send an email and it, it's kind of one of those where you you have to have that passion just to keep you going and keep you motivated yeah oh my gosh well that brings us to our kind of like final question for you so you because you're totally managing it all I, I didn't know you had twins that's exciting too. oh my yeah. gosh 13 year old identical yeah. twin girls Oof. So double teenager. I've survived. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, woo. <laughs> so what, what's your secret to balancing it all? And what advice can you offer someone who like balancing work life and being a boss lady? Who I don't know if I balance very well. I, I think I do. I mean, let, I mean, my kids just went back to school last week for the oh. first time in a year. Mm-hmm. So I am alone <laughs> with our dog and our cat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our COVID puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, it's I had to teach myself to kind of live and die by my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I took a class um, back in 2005 when I, you know, had closed my company in 2002 and kind of didn't really know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And I, I've been kind of dabbling in some little businesses here and there. And in 2005, I was like, I got to get serious and, you know, figure out what I'm going to do since all I had to do is babysit and make bags. Um, And so I took a class and what they taught me was chunking my time. And that I think has been my savior because I learned that it takes you 20 minutes to actually get into something, right? Whatever you're doing, if you're you know, coming up with marketing ideas or, you know, figuring out who you're going to interview on your podcast or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You, and then if you, if you're constantly, like some people are like, I'm such a good multitasker. And I'm like, that's too bad because the only time I multitask is when I'm cooking dinner and doing laundry. Cause I don't need a brain for that. <laughs> and so, you know, cause if you're checking your email and doing Facebook and responding to this and, oh, you know, talking to your child or I don't know, making a to-do list, it's, it's too much. Your brain can't actually succeed at anything at the level you probably want. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I think that has helped me is chunking my time. So I use my calendar. It's crazy. Um, you know, first you put in all your personal things, right? Doctor's appointments or kid pickup, drop off. Like I have in there, pick up children at school because the day could go by. And if my calendar does, my phone doesn't ding and give me my 15 minute warning, they could be standing there going, uh, hello. And so, um, you know, and I've seen people do, do that who don't have that in their calendar, right? They're like, oh my God, I forgot to pick up my kids at school, you know? And I'm like, isn't it in your calendar? Like I wouldn't get a function, you know? I mean, I even put like go to the grocery store, you know, because my days are so busy that 
if I don't schedule those things, you know, like I don't like to go to the store on the weekends and now I do grocery pickups. So I still have to get there. Right. (laughs) And, and so, you know, it, it's putting in all your personal stuff, right? Maybe your kids have recurring events every day or every week that they do, right? You know, whatever their age group is, soccer practice, right? But you have to have those in and then you build your day around it, right? Oh, I've got a four-hour chunk. Today's a good day for sales or I'm going to work on Facebook posts and schedule 30 of them, you know? But but as you... Um, get yourself into something, just keep in mind that it does take 20 minutes to get really into it, like where you're in that flow of sort of in that genius zone, right? Where you're like, wow, I'm so smart all of a sudden. (laughs) And um, that was a great idea. And, And I find that when I'm in those moments, I have a lot of those genius moments. Whereas if I'm doing, if I'm frenetic about something or I'm running behind and I'm panicking and doing 14 things at once, everything's done sort of mediocre. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a mom, I really had to train myself, right? Like I was saying before, two hour nap, you know, power work, you know, and then play and then power work, you know, and then, you know, then I finally got a nanny for four hours in the morning in between the nap, the two naps, because I was like, I can't work four hours a day. I, we're going to starve, <laughs> so, you know, and, um, and I've been a single mom since my kids were two. So it's, you know, it's, it's been figuring that out. They've been in school since they were three years old, right? Mm-hmm. After, you know, they were in school from nine to four, pretty much mm-hmm. every day since they were three years old. And they still remind me of that. And, <laughs> and I'm like, thank God you love school now. But, um, you know, but it was, it's kind of figuring out what works for you, your family, you know, um, you know, maybe, you know, like we order out every Tuesday because one of my kids has piano till 530 and I just can't cook dinner. So I'm like, great, that's, that's how we're solving the problem, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, no, we're not having sushi, you know? <laughs> and so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of looking at what works for you. Right. But I think it's really important to make, make sure, you know, if you like to exercise, put that in your mm-hmm. calendar, you know, if you need to walk your dog or whatever, right. Yeah. Everything that has to work to make your life, the balance part work has to go in first. And then I find it's easier to fit the work stuff in, right? I mean, if you have to go get your hair done on a weekday, well, I used to know I was going to work that night after my kids went to bed, right? Luckily back then they went to bed at seven, but, uh, (laughs) you know, now they can put themselves to bed, but, you know, but it's thinking how do I have to make up that lost time? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, if you have a husband or, or a partner who could take up some slack for you on the weekend, maybe replace some hours on the weekend here or there, you know? So I think, But I think chunking your time and being really beholden to your calendar and not being frenetic is the way that you get the most done. And I think you feel more, more, I know I feel more successful at the end of the day. 100%. I am all about a good time block. That's like how I live my life too. And it's just been so helpful even putting those personal things in there or especially, and then I like what you said about putting your work around your personal things because we have to take care of ourselves first and you know we have to take care of our children and we have to take care of our businesses but we have to take care of us in order to do all of that so i think that that is a really 
really good tip and a great call out. And we could just talk to you all day, but we are getting to the end of our time that we have for this episode. So we're going to wrap up and thank you so much for joining us. This has been just full of jam-packed information. <laughs> I know that our audience is going to love this so much. We're so happy to have chatted with you. Um, and so we're going to just go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Well, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. So before we let you go, why don't you tell everyone um, where they can find you? Because I know I have a lot more questions and I'm not even <laughs> launching a product yet, but if they want to contact you or, you know, follow along, where can they find yeah. you? Um, my website is sarahshawconsulting.com and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, both at sarahshawconsulting. Um, and like I said, if you're interested in getting products to celebrities, you'll see there's pop up on my homepage and you can download um, some celebrity templates for free and um, check out contact any celebrity to find out where, you know, who the celebrity gatekeepers are. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Okay. Yeah, everyone, make sure you go check Sarah out and get in touch with some celebs, learn how to do that. That's amazing. And she seems to have tons of great information about how to launch your products. So I hope that we can make some connections with you guys and Sarah. And this has been such a great time chatting with you. We're so happy you were here and we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and join the conversation in our Facebook group at Boss Ladies and Babies. And until next time, stay, stay bossy. bossy.